Magellan, do you remember watching Mazda commercials as a kid? Not specifically Mazda. Were they doing something special? Yeah, the, uh, I did just rewatch them. I'm pretty sure this is the right one. There's the kid in the suit, and he goes, I just turned down my microphone. How can I whisper? Vroom. Stage whisper. The kid whispers, Vroom, vroom. <laughs> vroom, vroom. Oh, was that Mazda? Vroom, zoom, zoom, zoom. Zoom, 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 zoom. Okay, I do remember. Zoom, that. zoom, zoom. That's easier to stage whisper because it's got syllables. Yeah, uh, I did not understand those. As a kid. The, like, it's such a simple idea, and I didn't understand. It's it's like as a kid, you like playing with cars, and you should like playing as cars as, as an adult. But as a kid, I was just like the the besuited thirty year old ten year old child says zoom zoom, and I am taken to Mazda World, where a train, <laughs> where a car like pulls me through a gully and in, goes into a tunnel, and I'm I am zoom, <laughs> and everybody is happy and chanting zoom zoom zoom, but it's not because they're happy to drive cars; it's because it's zoom. <laughs> Welcome to Super Smash Echoes. This is my each, new religion. What you whatever you just said. Plate- discuss a game representing a different franchise in Super Smash Brothers. We examine games we've heard and thought a lot about, but I've never played through ourselves. I am your car, Justin. (laughs) And I'm your Jet Magellan. What's up? I stole that bit from from chats, I guess, by calling me something. This time, we're playing 2003's F-Zero GX, developed by Sega's Amusement Vision for the Nintendo GameCube, alongside a a game they developed for the arcades. Uh, F-Zero GX continues the futuristic racing of the F-Zero series, whipping past twisting tracks at hundreds of kilometers per hour, Spending your vehicle's health to boost even faster and flying off the track to land shortcuts on the unusually gritvitified courses. GX also introduces a story mode where the bounty hunter Captain Falcon must complete objectives other than getting first place as he advances through a life-threatening racing tournament. Magellan, when it comes to F-Zero, how far will you go? How deep is your love? (laughs) <laughs> and am I a real hero and a real human being? Is that what you're asking? I don't know that. I don't know. I I, I don't know what what those words are. My my, my reference was a reference to the movie Drive, the soundtrack. <laughs> what's, what's the movie? What is the movie Drive? Mine was the, the 2008 Fox canceled show Drive. Yeah, but there's a movie. Uh, starring Ryan Gosling called Drive. Oh, Drive, and, the famous one. I was thinking of Speed. And there's a song where it's like, and a real hero, real human being. So. Uh, there's a good, okay, so one thing that I have heard about this game and I have spoiled it for myself is that there's a good song at one point, so get ready for it. Okay, that's awesome. It's a song with lyrics. Uh, I played F-Zero Maximum Velocity, the Game Boy Advance game, because they gave it Uh to me for free because I bought a 3DS when it was too expensive, and I didn't really get into it. Um... It's it stands very different from my mind from from GX and I think it's because of the story mode. I think the story mode mm-hmm. will get mm-hmm. me to engage with this racing game in a very different way. Uh, also, the 3D effect that the Game Boy Advance game is like like the um, SNES one. It's kind of a 2D track 
but you got like billboard and right. sprites. So. Right. Uh, have you? Do you have any FCR experience, Magellan? Uh, you know, I'm trying to think. I honestly think my only FCR experience is. In like one of the Smash games, you can play F Zero inside it or something. Masterpieces probably roll. Yeah, I think that's honestly my only my only experience is playing F Zero inside of Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Um, Because like I am, you know, a huge proponent of the GameCube, as as has been made clear (laughs) on this podcast. But F Zero GX is like a. gap in my gamecube Mm -hmm. knowledge in a similar way to metroid prime except that Mm -hmm. metroid prime was actually or no we didn't know we had metroid prime 2 so there i had like some familiarity with gamecube metroid prime but this is like fully a gap in my gamecube knowledge so it'll be fun to fill that in I'm expecting this game to be different from games that i'm not a big racing boy i've played some like mario kart but this seems very fast and apparently the story mode is like really difficult to complete at all even cool. though it's not very long that's awesome so maybe i'll i'll learn about cars that sounds fun yeah i i uh i'm a huge mario kart double dash fan mm. and i'm better at it than anybody listening to this um oh. and i'll race you um so it'll also be kind of fun and weird to play a different racing game on the GameCube because I'm so accustomed to to Double Dash. <laughs> I I was in the F Zero cultural moment, the zeitgeist of oh. the early to mid aughts because I watched the show, the F Zero show? show. Yeah, I the show where the, he falcon punches. Yeah, I don't remember him falcon punching, but I. That's a spoiler. Maybe I think it. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but I've definitely seen multiple episodes of F Zero GP Legend. Which well, is you're, you're going to like the story because, I I mean, you're going to like that there is a story. Yeah, I am. <laughs> it was like so Captain cool. Falcon was like frozen and unfrozen or something. Or no, the, the, the protagonist. Maybe it's the protagonist. The protagonist is not frozen. Captain Falcon. It's a, it's an insert. It's an audience insert. It's police detective Ryu Suza, Suzaku uh, or Rick Wheeler in the Four Kids adaptation. <laughs> Is Which Suzaki is what like I watched. The Shenmue guy is. I don't know. He suffers a near fatal car accident while in pursuit. This is from the Wikipedia page. While in pursuit of an escaped criminal named Zoda, Ryu nearly dies and is put in cryogenic suspension until he's revived in the year 2201 by mobile task force members. Jody Summer and oh, Dr. We should have played this last year. We're playing in 2202. Yeah, I know. We, we messed up. Um, but yeah, I think he like becomes friends with Captain Falcon, who's a legendary racer and bounty hunter. Friends with Captain Falcon. I know. It'd be great. But uh yeah, I watched some of that show. I, I watched a lot of four kids shows. So Did you, you know, watch Kirby right back at you? Is that yeah. on Yeah. Oh yeah, I watched Kirby right back at you. That shows I wished I could have gotten great. into that lore I when I would have been willing to sit through Kirby right back at you. I watched it recently. <laughs> it's yeah. it's too slow for it's yes. too slow for me, so I should watch F- FZOGP Legend. There you go. That show's going to be really fast. Um, okay, I got I got points that I'm actually that I want to add that I'm going to yeah, be looking yeah, for. Yeah. yeah. Uh, things I'm looking for. Okay, for some reason, my impression of this game is that it it's very very pretty and looks good, and even though it's like from GameCube and is in the tradition of uh-huh. GameCube games, 
where they yeah. make things look brown and they kind of use like realistic ish textures. Yeah. Maybe it's because I've seen it in Brawl in that Port Town era dive and, and that adaptation in like the Switch or whatever. But I feel like I feel like the game looks really good. I'm gonna right. try to you just have it. this impression of of F Zero being like this beautiful, colorful thing. Yeah, yeah. Like really detailed somehow, or at least looking really detailed when it goes fast. I'm gonna yeah. see if I can understand technically why I think it looks good if it looks good. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Gonna try to look for emergent gameplay. Also, I'm not. That's not Ooh, my new vocabulary thing that I care term most, but, on the show. Uh, I've watched uh, a few uh, speed runs from like Games Done Quick of FCOGX, and from what I understand or what I remember of those, uh, FCOGX played at its limits has like multiple bugs that combine in the way that good game designed authored game systems in a game would combine. Okay. Uh, that's cool. I want, I want to see I'm if, into that. If there's like a skeleton to the game, if there's like some aspect of the game where they're like intentionally making it so that whatever bugs came up that they didn't anticipate would like add to the gameplay. Uh also trying to see can I get the sense of why they haven't made one of these in 20 years? <laughs> is right, it, is yeah, it like, why is this such a dormant franchise, yeah. Is it in aughts, like, themes? Is it, like, gameplay that wouldn't, that they don't think they could make anymore? And Because at this point, Captain Falcon is, like, a Smash character. Yeah. And, like, the most famous he is a human Smash man. character. Yeah, he's just the guy who does a punch. Like, al- almost none of his Smash stuff is racing-related except his final Smash and the fact that he <laughs> runs fast. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting that he is, like, more of an icon than his <laughs> franchise is at this point. Uh, and my last thing is um, I'm... St- still trying to understand like the philosophy of aesthetics at all of why why try to understand what makes art feel like emotionally compelling or, or what's good about it uh my my understanding is people talk about f0 gx being an all-time game uh but they don't talk about it being like having themes that people talk like having words like prose in like a literary right. way, right? Uh, or even like in or like thematic like is, moments. Like, like is this really just bound. cool? Is this just cool in the way that Hydro Thunder is cool, where you're like a fast boat? <laughs> or is this like its own? I don't thing? know what Hydro Thunder is. Oh, Hydro Thunder is a very big cultural touch point for me because it was at the arcade at the like. Uh, mini golf place that I would go to. It's just like a is racing game, but it's, bo- a, it's boats. You're like on a boat, like the controller is. You there. are a you are a boat. You are a boat. <laughs> it's just like a racing game, like a you know a car racing game, but they're boats. There's one of these where the instruction booklet had the pentagonal diagram for the hover cars, the different aspects of them, and I loved reading that instruction booklet when I rented it from Blockbuster. Yeah, I'm not sure. That does sound pretty cool, though. I've been reading a lot of Chuck Klosterman's The 90s. I still got to read that book. I'm thinking about The 90s. Mm. And we're going to enjoy The Real 90s, 2003. <laughs> That's what all the nice you've got to be.
Welcome back to Super Smash Echoes. I hope you I hope you raced back because that's the theme of the day. Racing. Where is that you in your car? Your um <laughs> do they call them cars? Race? I think they're called car? machines. Machines. Hold on, what's uh I have oh I was gonna say broken down mission failed but it's not broken down it's <laughs> ring it's ring out mission what do you what do they say when you fall off the track they say you I can't believe you've done this you made a big mistake don't say a vine no vines allowed sorry yeah I think it's just like off course bad mission yeah, failed off course is what off is course right. already mission this podcast off course mission failed. I did a lot of this video game. There are nine story chapters, and I did three of them finished. And I want to do more. I had like life moments in this month, you guys. So like, don't don't yeah. at me. Well, the good news is I finished two of the story mission chapters. So together we finished five of them. If you really think why about is it. the difficulty is called normal? The difficulty should be called very hard, and there should be two or three easier difficulties. <laughs> this game is great. It's too bad no, neither of us finished because how are we gonna how are we gonna talk about the game? Yeah, if only um, if only one of us had like a blood version of ourselves come out of our skin <laughs> to to taunt us and take us to the underworld of F Zero GX lore. We actually we have someone for that. It's Alan. Hi, Alan. Welcome. Hello. Sorry, I was trying to be quiet, but I was typing very quickly to see how many missions there were that I did actually. <laughs> how many did you do? You said you beat it. Uh, define beat it though. You know, like the Michael oh, Jackson song. Oh come or... on! You said you, you beat said the you game. <laughs> I might have did a little. I might have did a little fib. I might have did a little white lie. I, okay. How much? Great. How I'm much did you to play? Continue playing it. If I finish, if I just did finish the game, I will tell the podcast. Okay. And if I don't, assume I am just shameful. Alan, how uh, many story missions did you conquer? Did you finish? I'm not going to do a cute voice, but imagine I'm that like uwu face with the little fingers pointing to each other right now. Um, I finished three <laughs> missions. <laughs> That's the same number. I does that include it's chapter so one? Or just kind of short? This game is so fucking hard. <laughs> really difficult. I did it's it on really stream. People game. have Twitch evidence, and it's on <laughs> on the chat's YouTube. By the way, sorry. Hi, I'm Alan. I'm John's co-host on Chats, a television podcast. Yes, thank you for introducing yourself. And his best yourself. friend. Yes. Yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, and I, tw I on Twitch.tv slash ChatsPod like a month or so ago. I was it was late, and I was like, I'm gonna do a retro stream, and I played a bunch of games, and I ended with F Zero because I was prepping for this, and people saw me get to um, chapter three. And just bump against the fucking wall. No matter how many times I did it, how many things I learned about the game's mechanics, I could not pass that hump. Mm -hmm. um, but please, continue your intro. So F zero GX. Yeah, F zero GX. Why didn't they name it F one zero zero GX? Does F one zero zero spell something in binary? It spells the number one. Oh, a hundred GX. Sorry, I was thinking of GX. <laughs> I was thinking of Gex, like the game. Yeah. Gex the Gecko. That's what 100 Gex is named after. No way. Really? Really? Gex, 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 F0 GX, F0. Am I dying right now? If that's a. Okay. Is that a lie? That feels true. I'm going to tap the left bumper here to drift away from 
whatever's happening right Magellan, now. Magellan, you pre- you drift by pressing the left and right triggers at the same time. Left I know, and right but you can it's nudge. You can, yeah. What's it called? Lean? Yeah, leaning. Nudging. I don't know what it's actually called. Swerve I'm steer. Slurping like over. I'm gonna slurp over, and uh, get us get us on on the racetrack here. So, Alan, you're with us. In our intro, we talked about our background with F Zero. Do you want to share with the folks? Uh, just your have you played f-zero games i know you have done that did you what'd you know about this game coming into it what were your expectations the echoes you heard of it yeah of course like both of you i'm sure uh i initially knew about f-zero because of super smash brothers and how much i liked playing captain falcon when i was a kid because you can hold the neutral b and he does the big punchy um i remember watching some of the cartoon on the fox kids block back in the day um, and so in my research, I learned that the last released F-Zero game in the U.S. was a GBA game that's sort of an adaptation of that anime, uh, believe it or not. Uh, and myself, in terms of the games, uh, I've played a good amount of the Super Nintendo one. Majon, I actually did a video with you like eight years ago on that's not on YouTube anymore uh, of us playing what? the original F-Zero. It's not on YouTube anymore? I'm sorry. It is on YouTube, but I don't want to share it with people. It's more like, oh, it's kind okay. of like in the it's in the vault. It's in the Disney vault. Yeah, it's in the vault. It's in the vault. I made up a song um, on that video. You did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can uh, I can I can uh, suggest clips from that song for you if you want. But anyways, sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> so I played a lot of the original F Zero. I like it a lot. I think it's really fun and weird and creative. And they kept making them and I've always wished that they made more of them. I remember seeing ads for GX in Shonen Jump magazine back in the day. And I was like, wow, that game seems so cool. And nobody has really heard of F-Zero beyond this game and the couple that were released since then. It's like a weird forgotten stepchild of Nintendo. So that's all. I had never played GX until getting ready for this episode. Let's do um, general general impressions. And uh, then we can dig into... I mean, I think you know we can talk gameplay. We can talk difficulty. We can talk story. We can talk the features and modes and stuff, but uh, just kind of general takeaways. Justin, how did you feel about about this game overall? So in the intro, I think I said, like, people probably only think about this game because of gameplay and, like, it's the aesthetics of, of like, interacting with buttons and not about... Because the story is just, like, a perfunctory story and totally normal, and it's just about people racing. And I was wrong. <laughs> You're incredibly wrong. The story is... I was is... so wrong off the chain it's the best thing i've ever seen we we all watched all the cutscenes. yeah we didn't yes. earn the cutscenes, but we watched them all masi or sakurai would be sad and would cancel f-zero gx ultimate story mode because of us should we start let's uh, start there with the lore i guess because that you know that's what we're excited to talk about and uh, at least for me i wanted to kind of know like this world that captain falcon comes from what's going on there and it's just more of what he's all about like the tone of a guy saying Falcon Punch and punching you in the face and it looks like a Falcon is how is, is what F does. The whole story is way weirder than a guy whose thing is he drives race cars, punches, and turns into his arm turns into a flaming bird. And that doesn't happen in the story, and it totally could have. It fits with that. <laughs> There's magic in this universe. Here okay, here's my impression of the story. Uh-huh. Is all of these games... So I, I went back and did a little bit of the N64 game because it's on Nintendo Game Pass and I did mm-hmm. a little of the Game Boy Advance game that I have on my, on my, on, on my 3DS also. And uh, 
I, I think, like, when people are making something with as many characters or as many, like, race cars in it as F-Zero, uh-huh. there's going to be people on the staff who come up, who think about this level of this many story events. Like, in all of the games in the series, they have had character designers think about, like, what they want the character designs to convey, make, like, 30 racers for the mm-hmm. little cars, uh... F-Zero X, the N64 game, also has this, like, comic book aesthetic, so you all have, like, comic book portraits, and they've been, they've been thinking this whole time about what, what is this world, what are all the characters like. Right. And now they finally got to do it in a cutscene, and they just tried to do as much stuff in cutscenes as quickly as possible. Also, even the cutscenes, like, the first cutscene is about the Lord of Death and the bad... The bad version of Captain Falcon, but not the bad version of Captain Falcon who's born in this game through blood magic. Uh, <laughs> he's like, your your last time failed, and you have to you have to beat the race, you have to win the Grand Prix again. So they're like already continuing from a story that didn't happen. <laughs> right. We're just right. Ha- supposed to have understood the previous stories from having read the manual for the N sixty four game. Oh, I guess. that and, would make sense because I was going to ask you, like, did X have? Uh, a story mode with no there's no story no, mode in SCR X. yeah so it's just from the and, manuals well and the thing that was uh, that i found awesome also is did either of you go and read the the pilot profiles in this game any of them i, I saw them i didn't read all of them when when you buy a character in the shop or whatever you can go to the pilot profiles and and read their backstory mm-hmm. and all of them or nearly all of them address the fact that four years prior to this game, there was a horrible F zero accident that suspended grand prix for a little while. And like the difference race where you punch a guy off the, off the racetrack and his machine crashes. Yeah. And there's like, you read the different pilot profiles and you see how different people were involved. Like (laughs) Pico's is like, it might have been his reckless driving that caused the accident, or like that's the, um, speed, that's the speed of sound lizard. Yeah, uh, that, assassin, right? who you have from the beginning, or I bought the like robot-looking guy, and you read his, and he's a cyborg. you learn that he's a cyborg who was like horribly injured in this accident, oh, and no. now he's like a cyborg <laughs> honed for like race training, and he's like constantly analyzing his previous races and he like doesn't have to sleep he can just train and race and that's all his life is about it's like you see him for like two seconds in a cutscene and he sort of like waves while doing the robot yeah and and there's i think what's really interesting about this game is that you know all of this kind of story information is hard to access and makes it part of the reward system of the game because like justin you said you have to purchase story missions. They don't just happen because you beat the previous one. You have to get credits uh, through Grand Prix or other stuff or whatever. And it kind of felt like in a typical game, the story mode is like the part of the game that teaches you how to play the rest of the game, kind of. Like mm-hmm. each mission, you're learning a new um feature of the racetracks or a new technique or whatever the story mode in this game doesn't do that it doesn't tell you like and here's how you drift and here's what happens when there's a jumpy pad it's kind of the story mode here is kind of like uh it's like a series of assessments and you have Mm. to like go study for the test by playing the rest of the game (laughs) (laughs) and then because like 
the second mission, the Samurai Goro one, is a test of like, can you not get hit by stuff and yeah. use as much of your boost meter as possible? If not, it's impossible to beat this guy. The third mission that I couldn't beat is like, can you learn uh, how to drift precisely and use the jump pads and <laughs> memorize a track's layout to like do the most efficient run possible? Um, yeah, and the, and the fourth thing starts doing like combat. You have to knock like thirty guys off the off the track. Isn't no? Isn't the fourth one the one yeah. where you're escaping and it's you have the accelerator on? And you can't you can't slow down, so it's about the one like, the one where, where it is the movie speed, and you're you're getting out of a bomb. Yes, there's a bomb in your car. And, uh, oh wait, there's two ones with bombs in your car. Oh really? Uh, the 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 so okay. Fourth one, uh, a your Captain Falcon says, "Oh no, the gangs!" And a large black dude wearing a chain is like, "I'm gonna get you, Captain Falcon," and it's really uncomfortable, and they shouldn't have done that. Uh, yep. The fifth one is Captain the girl. Uh, girl racer Jody is in a power plant that the Black Shadow blew up in order to trap Captain Falcon. I don't know why he did it actually, but I think uh, Captain Falcon goes in and has to escape in 50 seconds. Um, and mm -hmm. you have to uh, go through a tube and pick up more energy to power yourself up while avoiding walls that come up really fast and get fit to near gaps. So that's that's about like position yourself in a 3D tube and getting to the near gaps. The fifth one is the movie Speed. There is a bomb attached to your car. You're Blood Blood Falcon, the uh, evil Captain Falcon that Black Shadow, another evil Falcon, made a few seconds ago um, by with magic out of Captain Falcon's body, um, puts a bomb on your car. If you go under 700 kilometers per hour, it will explode, so you have to make it to the race without to the end of the track without doing that. That's chapter six. I want to talk about, since we're still on the topic of the story... Uh, mm -hmm. Just this idea of like unlocking more and more nonsense, because you Magellan had mentioned to us like pre-pod uh, that it felt like the developers at after every mission, someone was like, oh, you did that. All right, I'm going to one up you and do something bigger. And so that's how you end up with a story that starts with like, there's a big tournament after the big incident. We're ready to race again. And the last mission, just like story spoilers, is like you are now fighting the creators of the universe. You're racing them and proving that you're the ultimate racer, which is like. If you've played a JRPG before, they all do this. Uh, and Zero GX did it in 15 minutes flat of cutscenes, uh, where JRPGs take 100 hours to get to you fight the creators of the universe. Also, very cool. The the thing the the even the, even in the end, they are tutorial they're tutorializing sort of or assess, assessing difficult parts about the part of the game. That part of the game is introducing. Now I'm going to go back and do single player uh, tracks against ghosts against the staff ghost. So right. when you're racing against the lore is that like three versions of the creators of the universe make a copy of your car and race it and you don't interact with them. But gameplay wise, you are racing a staff ghost because the creators ghost. of the universe are amusement are the vision, developers. the staff that made the developer. Kind of cool, right? Kind of like a cute little reveal. Yeah, I liked that. Not that they ever say that's what it is, but that's the mm -hmm. implication. All these cutscenes are like 30 seconds long and terribly animated, but it was like the 2000s. It's fine. Um, and yeah, I just felt like if I was a kid, I think I try to think a lot when we play these, when y'all play these games about like, where would I have, how would I have experienced this when I was, you know, a child playing them? Um, and I was like obsessed with Kirby Air Ride for a while and I loved unlocking things in that. And the idea of unlocking story would have been so appealing to me. Oh my because, God, there was story in Kirby Air Ride. Right? Yeah, but just like the way that you could, you could fixate on like the story of Black Shadow and why he gets taken like blown up or whatever by the the d destroyer and like who are the creators like it just gives you a lot of gaps to fill in, and 
I wish yeah. Nintendo did more stuff like this because it kind of like adds a layer of mystery. The fact that no matter how hard you dig, there is not that there isn't that much explanation. But mm-hmm. damn it, if they're gonna let you look for it, and I, I appreciate that. Yeah, it does something to like the process of completing the game where normally 100%ing a game is okay, I did the story, and if I liked the story or the game enough, the game has encouraged me to go like beat all these little challenges and whatever, do that sort of thing. And in this game, it kind of feels like it's like rearranging those steps a little bit or flipping it such that. 100%ing F0GX involves buying all these characters and like learning about who they are, uh, getting good enough and like buying the right pieces to your car or whatever that you can do better in the Grand Prix and you can eventually purchase and beat the story missions. Uh, and so it feels like that the like interest in the world can sustain you across the entire process. Because yeah. um, I was also thinking like, I don't know how I didn't own this game because my family like between myself and my siblings we owned i want to say like 40 gamecube games or something if not more like a ton of them and so many bad ones um (laughs) this just must not have been in stores that much it came Mm -hmm. out in 2003 which i think was like pretty early in the gamecube's lifespan Mm -hmm. if i'm not mistaken um, and I'm going to verify that right now. GameCube came out in 2001. Um, so it was somewhat somewhat early in that. So maybe if just by the time... It like the PS5 that two years into it is like the start of the PS5's lifespan because that's the only time it's able to purchase. <laughs> it actually has games <laughs> and you can buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so it might have just been that we missed the moment that that game would have been on shelves. But I know for myself I would have adored this game when i was younger because i really loved double dash i i think this is like a beautiful representation of what was great about these kind of early years of 3d maybe this first like decade or so of 3d games where there were lots of racing games especially that were trying to tackle racing from different angles and um you know there are lots of games in that genre that i really liked so um, I think I definitely would have glommed onto this and appreciated the challenge of it um, because it rewards you for for succeeding in those challenges in, in cool ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did get slightly better at the game until I finished the third chapter. So, yeah, did it is get- a shame. I, I I was bummed to not be able to just like play through it because I think that the later missions are really creative, but. Uh, that's the other thing about FCOGX is it has a note, a notorious reputa- reputation for being very difficult. Um, and I kind of wanted to talk about like what makes this game difficult a little bit. If you guys are. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about yeah. the actual gameplay, like what it feels like to race and all that. Yeah. So this, this is considered one of the GameCube's best titles. It's definitely considered the best F zero game. I think gameplay wise, just on paper, it's, a ma- it's borderline a masterpiece like it's so beautifully tuned for extremely high speeds and like mechanical complexity without being frustrating and mm-hmm. all of that applies in the grand prix mode where like my objective is <laughs> that is to drive like a a high speed motor racer and like cut find corners to turn in the correct way find that ideal angle and just keep going fast uh if people don't already know, you know, F- you guys know why it's called F-Zero, right? I'm assuming you I know do. this. 
Okay. Do you know I don't why know it's called Bow Zero? Is. I don't know that. What is it okay, called? Okay, I'm going to give you a Phoenix Down moment right now. It's because it's like faster than F1. Wow. Right? Right? So this There's is why I'm actually... There's a Formula 2 also. There, there's also a Formula 3. In real three. life. There's a Formula 3. There's a Formula E with boost yeah. panels. These are all... I, I, so that was one of the other things that I was like happy to be on this podcast to compare it to is like the experience of playing F1 games and also I watch a fair amount of Formula 1. And so this is like a science fiction f- fantasy version of like what, what would, does Formula 1 eventually become? All the tracks are deadly. All the cars go faster than light. And uh, there is the lava are, on the track and bombs and speed boosts and all that stuff. Yeah. People always joke like when is Formula E, for example, which is its electric division, when is it going to become like Wipeout? And for me, I'm like, no, when is it going to become F-Zero? Like I want <laughs> these belts. I want like good and evil battles. I want all the stuff that is encompassed in playing F-Zero GX because it's like really exciting and mm-hmm. fantastical. Like, you know, Captain Falcon just has a gun to protect himself because why not? Um, He's a bounty hunter. I guess he is a bounty hunter. That's true. He does things besides race. But like, just so yeah, in terms of the playing experience, uh, once I understood what the controls did and how everything works, I had a really great time doing the Grand Prix. I like lost interest in doing the story because I was not good enough at it. And then I just was like getting better at all the tracks. I think the aesthetic is beautiful. It's got this like aughts industrial vibe where it feels like you're going through factories and underground bunkers and and like old cities and crumbling modern mm-hmm. ar- architecture um but also you are just like flooring it and blazing past like 30 other racers and trying to find that ideal route as quickly as possible uh so i loved playing it i thought playing it was like very enjoyable mm-hmm. what about you guys? a couple thoughts about that um I think the industrial aesthetic works really, really well for the game because they can make like repeating patterns of textures or really repeating patterns of uh, half see-through grates, uh, and it's not obvious that it's just a repeating pattern because like it's supposed to be repeating. Uh, like there's a couple levels where you see like rocks, and it's like, oh, this is like I can see the same pattern of texture on the rock over and over. It doesn't look natural at all, but it looks really good when it's like a industrially made thing um yeah here's here's why i think the game works really well gameplay wise and feels very fast uh i think it's not about necessarily the speed that you're going i think what they've really done is make the speed of how you can respond to things very fast so especially if you're not if you're doing like the default uh captain falcon's racer and not some of the ones that have like less steering you Mm -hmm. have a ton of ability to steer left and right really quickly and just dodge around things with a with a lot of control. Even more if you start using the like shoulder buttons to to like lean into the ground and steer even more. And because of because you can you can move very fast, you can respond to things really quickly, and it feels like things are coming up at you really quickly. And this is actually a little bit counter to the real world because in like actual physics the faster you're going the more force you need to to turn and to dodge around things but uh a it feels more futuristic because you're moving around super fast uh i think that's that is the the essence of of what of how they do speed here is is the speed of the inputs you can do and the speed of how how quickly you can impact what's happening on screen Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i mean this is a game where you can 
you see a 90 degree turn coming up and you're like, okay, yeah, let me just whoop, do that. <laughs> or it's you can do like a one second drift to go 180 degrees. Uh, it's like an incredibly tightly controlled thing. And that's, that's really different from, uh, I played a little bit of the Game Boy Advance game yesterday and in that mm-hmm. one, the speed is about like momentum and you have to actually stop or break in order to turn quickly. And it does kind of, it feels like you're moving with a lot of momentum, but you can't respond to things as quickly. I, I think that's why I, I enjoyed playing this game way more. Hmm. They also, it also um, is like a push and a pull effect. And since you are able to respond to things so quickly, they, they make the track design have those like 90 degree or 180 degree turns that Dallas talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. The end of the first Grand Prix has this very cool turn where you're going around this big orb, the, uh, and it's sort of like a turn and then banks uh, and then has literally uh, 90 degrees to the right, 90 degrees to the left right after each other. So you're kind of actually just moving around this little gap uh, yeah. and you can just totally do that every time if you if you get used to it. Magellan, did you like playing F-Zero? We haven't, you haven't said much about that gameplay yet. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think what I liked about it is it's a different, um, it's a racing game that introduces a different set of considerations for you as the racer. So like, you know, in a game like Mario Kart, the set of choices that you're making are often about like item management. Um, and that's a, that's a particular way of interacting with that game. That's pretty fun. Uh, which is why I like Double Dash so much because it, like adds a layer of nuance to the item management system um, by thinking about, okay, who's holding the items and like, let me pick two racers that have interesting special items that the only they have access to whatever. Um, and I really enjoyed the way that F zero has you interact with the racing, which is about boost management um, and the, like the bar that you have access to yeah. that, goes down when you hit stuff. Um, And I think what was kind of fun about that is like, uh, it, it, um, in Mario Kart, uh, you know, they rubber band by giving people in the back better items. In F-Zero, they like double punish you for sucking because first (laughs) of all, (laughs) you like bump against walls. And second of all, your boost uses the same bar. So like there's not necessarily a rubber band to catch up as your health. Right. And yet when I was doing grand prix against computers, something about the way that the tracks, uh, work or the, like how much boost helps you. It felt like everybody was in a pack with each other for most of the race. Like it was kind of hard to break away and be, um, way too far ahead of everybody else. And it seemed like it was difficult for CPUs to do that too. Um, and it felt like the CPUs that would win against me in a Grand Prix, um, I'm like neck and neck with the person. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm in first place in the Grand Prix and right now I'm in 26th in this race. Mm-hmm. And the person in second <laughs> in the Grand Prix is in 25th in this race. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, I just got to edge you out by a couple places. Um, And so like that, just those various ways that you interact with the racing in this game made it feel um, like a unique experience that that I enjoyed as someone who enjoys racing games. 
because um, mm-hmm. it had it made me think about things in a different way. And I like the decision making points that it introduces to you um, with regard to the boost meter or the maybe it's called the body mm-hmm. meter. I forget what the name of energy, it is. Energy, I think. Yeah. Energy, um, where some in some tracks you might have to choose. Like I could go to the left and heal my energy, mm-hmm. or I could go to the right. And probably like not bump into anybody, shave a turn, hit a boost pad. And so (laughs) you're like making those decisions that might turn out differently track or uh, lap to lap. Like in the first lap, when you can't boost, you might make that decision one way. And then suddenly you're on the second lap and you're like, I'm let me I'm going this way. And then you're on the third lap and you're totally ragged and broken down from all the things you've bumped <laughs> into and all the boosts you've done that you're like, eh, well, now I got to make this choice yeah. this way. Um, I want to talk a little bit more yeah. about that game because I found other stuff from from comparing to other games in the series. Uh, yeah. So in uh, Game Boy Advance, and I think probably SNES, where it's kind of 2D, uh, the, the tracks are five. There's five laps long. Mm hmm. And you kind of have to like learn and and like execute the same pattern several times. Uh, in F Zero GX, they've really made the three laps of the track all different. Uh, first, because There's of what John's talked about, yeah. of you start running out. Uh, second, the yeah, repeat again. The first, I I think it's an extremely good design that the first lap you don't have access to boost same. because it's a little bit of like maybe you can learn the track a little bit on your first try or like get back into it. The tracks are so hard that if you don't really know the track already, you'll probably just lose. But there's a little bit of opportunity to learn. But also, it makes the first lap different. Um, and one particular small thing, um, I don't like how in Mario Kart 8 speedruns, like pretty much every speedrun, one of the decisions is taken away because they just use one of their mushroom boosts right at the start to get up to full speed. Uh, and I, th- I think it's a little less interesting to watch that. Uh, you cannot boost right at the start of, of the race, usually, because the first lap you don't have boost. So, like, acceleration and your, like, stat of pick a car with good acceleration versus a machine with good top speed with less acceleration, it matters a little bit more because there's a guaranteed point of the race where that will come up. Yeah, uh, right. The, the one choice you make before a race is pick your car if you're not in story mode, and then you want to prioritize acceleration or max speed, like, on a meter. Uh, and those, like, and you said, like have a graph very... of... They have like a graph of how your speed will change, and it's really confusing to look at. Yeah, it's not like a speed. useful graph, honestly. <laughs> but I like the idea of like if you prioritize acceleration, then your first lap is going to go a lot faster. You'll get position. But if you don't, if you prioritize your max speed, then like lap three is going to be challenging in different ways. Like it's, I thought that was clever. Uh, another thing I noticed, I went back and played the N sixty four game X Zero X, and in those ones, uh, the purple strips that heal your energy back up are usually like right at the end of the lap. And what that ends up meaning is the second lap, right after you unlock boost, you like try to use all your energy and get close to zero at the end of the lap and then fill up back to full at the end and then use your energy again. Uh, in F0 GX, the recovery is usually uh, in the middle of the lap or at a couple points in the lap. And the dynamic that makes, that means is like your first lap, you don't have boost, you go slow. Your second lap, you have boost, and for half a lap, you try to use all of it immediately because there's going to be a strip right at the start. And if, if you don't take advantage of that full thing, like you've wasted the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there is a, a lap of like the second half of the f- second lap and the f- first half of the third lap 
where you have like you have to like conserve your boost a little bit more and then you use your boost all again at the end of the third lap it makes the it makes the different points of the race all have different dynamics again because of track design in addition to the gameplay design it um I, and that's something they figured out uh being like the fourth entry in the series or mm-hmm. whatever entry in the series yeah alan go ahead well, no, it's just it, it 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 gives you such an interesting like three act structure to every mm. single race where you're making decisions in lap one that are going to like hugely affect lap three mm-hmm. in little ways that you're not even thinking about until until they're happening because you do the first one and you're like okay I'm just gonna try to get to first I'm gonna cut some corners but like my boost isn't full and then in two it's like okay well, I'm gonna boost a lot and now I'm gonna stay in first and widen that gap but by lap three. I'm out of boost and I am barely holding my lead. So I'm just going to end the race falling. It, like all that really matters is where you place at the end. So it's this like fascinating dynamic of like, where do you want to, where and when are you going to invest your energy? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think, like I said earlier, is something that Formula One drivers also think about is like, it's about mm-hmm. position, but it's also about mm-hmm. how you hmm. get there and how, how quickly, because you can burn a lot of, you know, Formula One cars are hybrids right now in 2022 and so, like, mm-hmm. you can burn a lot of your, like, expended energy very early and just, like, hold a lead. Or in right. the case of it being a race weekend, you can say, oh, I'm going to qualify high, start in first, and then coast. Or you can say, we're going to put all of it in the last – we're going to put our, our fastest tires in the last 10 laps and just mm-hmm. pray that we can place higher. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, the boost mechanic actually mimics the way it really works in some cool ways. That's That's, cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I think the downside of that is it makes the game harder, and if you like fall behind, you have ruined the whole race in a few seconds. Yeah, it uh, can be pretty that, unforgiving that be less fun. in that way. Yeah, it makes every that could be a, feel like you yeah. earned it. Yeah. yeah, that part of it is more fun, and especially if you're not like trying to race other people, but you're trying to get the perfect run where you finally clear the story mode chapter, or I guess. If you're super if you're super super good, to finally beat your personal record on a track or something. Mm-hmm. It's more like a single player game experience. I don't I don't think this would yeah. work as well in multiplayer. I think you all have to be like very very experienced for that to be competitive. Yeah, which I I think it. What's interesting to me about that is that's you know there's a very noticeable lack of f-zero games uh in the last like couple decades and i think you know it it represents a sort of shift in expectations for what racing games could look like um at least maybe on the part of nintendo not saying that there aren't racing games like this anymore that are about you know precision and skill and and that sort of thing but it definitely feels it felt to me at least like this game was a kind of swan song of the like <laughs> arcade racer era <laughs> um yeah. and there were arcade versions of this game uh also mm-hmm. um and it it has the appeal of those games where it's like i'm going to train and do the very best i can and like take my token as far as possible kind of is what the grand prix mode feels like um, and it doesn't, you know, I was thinking like, oh, maybe it'd be kind of fun to try to figure out if it's even possible to do this multiplayer. But then it's like, ah, it, like Justin's saying, it doesn't feel like a game that's built for that. It's not like a <laughs> party racer. You know, it's not something you could just hand to somebody and say, here, play F-Zero GX with me. Um, right. It, it doesn't really function like that. And it's a... Uh, it's kind of a bummer that we haven't seen a more recent F-Zero game 
on like the Switch or something because I played this on the Steam Deck and it felt very at home handheld like that. Yeah. Um, and I can talk more about what it felt like to play it on the Steam Deck later. Um, but, you know, it's just not... Uh, it's like a just a different kind of generation of, of racer, I think, um, mm-hmm. than than what Nintendo's looking to put out these days, I would imagine. I mean, Nintendo's not even really putting out Mario Kart games anymore, but hey, you know. Yeah, they... Well, I, I mean, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is content. selling, and so they didn't make a new one, even though I wanted a new one. Yeah. <laughs> even though it has its problems. Well, yeah, I think it's also, like, what is the value, right? Because we talked about the story mode, and, like, the value you get from that is, like, look at things getting progressively more absurd. And we don't need a lot of tracks because, like, the core gameplay loop is really fun. Um, and not to say that the core gameplay loop in Mario Kart isn't fun, but what they fi- what Nintendo figured out is the way we get more value out of this is just add more tracks. All we have to do is add more and more and more right. and more tracks. Right. And people will keep paying for this and keep buying it because quantity over quality sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mario Kart 8 tracks are, like, the best tracks designed in the series pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the new ones are not made to the no. same standard. And the they new ones are not able to fix the game because they're still developing into eight and not making. Well, they are making a new Mario Kart, but they, you know, that's the years uh, beyond us. Mm-hmm. They're not able to fix the like core balance issues that Mario Kart has, like with the rubber banding and whatnot. Um, and another racing game similar to these that I played recently that I really loved uh, was Crash Team Racing, or rather the PS4 mm-hmm. remake of Crash Team Racing. Um, mm-hmm. There was like a couple weeks there where I was playing that multiplayer with friends, like on a weekly basis, and we loved it because. Mm-hmm. The rubber banding is so strong in that game that you can go from last place to first back to last place in like two minutes. Like it just it's just like blazing fast. You will rubber band and the entire pack is close together the whole time and you have to be perfect to stay in first. And I love that, even though it can be like super frustrating and chaotic and you're like, I don't know why I lost. Um, and F Zero kind of captures that, but I've never yeah. ever felt even in playing online multiplayer, I've never felt like Mario Kart truly gets that. Like you kind of are either way ahead or way behind and like the middle of the pack just kind of coasts for a lot of the races. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They have some design elements like lightning bolt and blue shell that are especially designed to, if first place breaks out um, and is out of range of the homing red shells, uh, the only way to get them is to have something that just targets first place. So that's why they have blue shells in the game. And people who, who are mad about blue shells are like, don't understand enough about the game design to see why that's what makes the game fun. Uh, but, but blue, but blue can, shell, you can like, still get way out of the way. Not to, not to. I'm not. We're not trying to have like an argument about Mario Kart here. But blue shells fix a problem that Mario Kart created. Like if your rubber banding was better, <laughs> yeah. and first place couldn't get so far ahead. You well, wouldn't need blue shells. Yeah, I think I think the main problem is the red shell. Uh, that if you have a pack that gets stuck together, they can have these homing red shells that hit the guy just in front of you. Uh, yeah. which means that if like fourth, third, and second place are all together, first place then isn't getting targeted by red shells, uh, yeah. and first place can get very far ha- ahead. But the red shell is really, really good and a really good part of the game design because yeah. it's it's got this like it gives an opportunity for you to pass someone. Uh, but it is kind of it feels a little like stapled on to like fix a problem that <laughs> is kind of built in the system. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. To bring it back to GP for a sec, I had another question about mechanics and how y'all felt yes. about this. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned before, Magellan, <laughs> that like no being able to like see this story as anything other than an unhinged mess requires you to have the manual, and where it maybe <laughs> like gives you a little bit of background, and even then, it's like 
it's probably not going to help that much. Uh-huh. Um, I think the manual would also help with the fact that one of the game's core mechanics is never explained never. anywhere, yeah. which is drifting. <laughs> they name like, it in some of the chapter titles, but don't tell you how to do it. They don't tell you how to do it, and it's not in the slightest bit something that you would guess. So, the picture gave you a controller at home. You have the mm-hmm. A button to accelerate. You got the Y, the one, what's the one above? Is that Y or X? Y, that's Y, y above it, yeah. Y button boosts you. B button is your brakes. Okay, everything's totally normal. Yeah, so right. This is how a car works. Yep. L and R let you go left and right. Get it? L and R. You can kind of like nudge if you want to turn without slowing down. That's how that works. Which is yeah. also a little bit hard to find. Yes. Then you're like, okay, but there are like turns that are so hard that I'm guaranteed to hit a wall. And as we mentioned, our boost is also our health. So I'm burning health for no reason. There has to be a way to do this without hitting every wall. Turns mm-hmm. out when I was playing on Twitch, an F-Zero fan came into the chat. I forget, I wish I remembered your username, but shout outs to the person who came to the, the Twitch stream. L and R at the same time. Or actually, no, it's like L and then double tapping R or something. L and R at the same time, but kind of like leaning into one or the other allows you to fully drift, which is mario kart style you turn without losing speed and you need that you literally need that to win some races and it's never explained mm-hmm. it's so what well, this is from an era of games when they just did stuff like that like hidden like i remember playing right. fighting games and never knowing what a move yeah. list is i was gonna but say like, fighting games yeah Bring you, you, i played mortal kombat for years and didn't know that there were moves you could perform specifically mm-hmm. yeah i mean th- i think wild. this game feels very much of the same era as classic fighting games in many more ways than one because it's like the learning curve and the difficulty the way that it treats story and character as this kind of these side elements of the game that you can unlock and access if you look hard enough um and then yeah stuff like that where uh you can mash your way to some intuitive controls you can figure out the equivalent of punch and kick or accelerate and brake, but the most essential stuff, you know, you're only going to find out if you like have a guru that's there to help you learn it, or you read the see manual. somebody do it, or you read the manual or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a fascinating choice. And like I said, it makes the game, like the speed make a lot more sense. Because I think, like, we don't, they don't make racing games this fast also. That's the other thing that F-Zero was always known for is, like, mm-hmm. pushing the boundaries of what the console it's on can do in terms of rendering speed. Mm-hmm. I'd say the, the closest thing you can get to this speed on a Nintendo console now is, like, no items, 200cc Mario Kart. is like, mm-hmm. kind of close in that you can barely take turns. But Mario Kart doesn't have things built for that speed. The whole point is you're still going to get lost. Like... like you have to play modded Mario Kart Wii with the 400cc or 99999cc <laughs> game mode. Yeah. <laughs> you can jump up, bounce once, and you're on the third lap. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, like, F-Zero has mechanics built that, like, hey, we know you're going fast, but you can manage that. And other games don't go that fast and don't give you tools to manage it when you do find yourself going quickly. Mm-hmm. So, like, I like that a lot about the F-Zero franchise is they – created a, a unique feature which is like fastest racer on the bit in the on the console <laughs> and then made it playable without being like frustrating yeah. or dizzying or whatever uh i'm gonna do a couple of smaller thematic points unless you want to, unless one of these reached out to the end. um the tracks in this game are a lot of the same locations from tracks of earlier in the game like sand ocean mute city keeps coming back uh big blue uh it is, it is kind of these, like, your kids developing, 
you have like the same play sets and you're coming up with like new stories in the same places or hmm. or like or just like this franchisization like I want to keep talking about the same places because that feels like I'm I'm continuing a series and building up the whole series. Uh, also, um, one th- one other thing I noticed is uh, the reason to pick different characters is because their cars have different stats. It yeah I I feel like um I, I I'm less familiar but I, I what I've heard is like Formula One racing is a lot about this is like a big part about the drivers but also a lot about the cars and. And like, mm-hmm. there's like rules about how you can engineer the cars, and like the team's engineers are a big part of the team. Um, so, and I think I think there's like two things like, a like the individual race racers don't have stats in this game, and they're kind of like erased a little bit in place of just the cars. But then the reason the cars would be different in the series of like the different design teams working on them are also kind of a race in this series compared to actual racing because you don't see in these like wild story mode you, you don't even see like the like i'm the i'm the really cool car mechanic uh who, who helps with captain falcon and like turns to him when he has his emotional problems or whatever mm-hmm. uh do you, do you alan do you have a sense of like how that's different compared to like watching like formula one racing or something like that yeah well since formula one is, t- is uh 10 teams of two uh, each team has a car that they build themselves and they cannot communicate those secrets with other people of how they build it. Sometimes they share mm. engines, like different teams buy the same Honda engine every year, but everybody engineers their own car. And then it's both drivers driving the same car with their own different skill levels. And so generally mm. it's considered that your skill or your success in Formula One is 70% your car and 30% the driver. Uh, because the car and the engineering of it is like really crucial to how fast they take turns, how well they can la- uh, last with tires, how much downforce they have. You know, not to go like too inside baseball, but there's like a million little features that make each car different. Uh, and so, and they're also very visually different, even though they have the same like regulations. Um, so instead of it being like, yeah, Samurai Goro has the purple spherical car, it's like there is a standard to how Formula One cars look and feel, but in general, but other than that, they're like really different. Uh, so yeah, I think that again, it, it's capturing that in a cartoonish way that like every racer is different. I've been watching a lot of Beyblade YouTube videos suddenly after not having been into Beyblade at all, and that's kind of reminding me of how like the shape of Beyblades affects the physics of a yeah. Beyblade and how the Beyblades hit each other. Cars are just like Beyblades. <laughs> uh, and then I... one other one other point I have is that uh, like within Ca- Smash Brothers, Captain Falcon is like one of the characters with the most personality, like. He asks you to show him his moves. He yells out his mm-hmm. name and he just does punches. And then in this game, he, because he's the main character, he he's has like to have just the most guy. generic. St- yeah, yeah. When when you like when you win a GP, you get to do a mini interview where the like news host asks you pick uh-huh. one of three questions from to ask. And Captain yeah. Falcon's response to them are like, "I like I was born to be a racer. My car is really good." As opposed to, like, I'm in the race to kill Captain Falcon with my sword. (laughs) He's just like, I'm a normal person with giant muscle nipple suits. I wear a mask on top of my other mask that I never take off when I have to hide my secret enemy with the second secret enemy. Okay, maybe, yeah, maybe he is kind of, maybe. Uh, Maybe he's not that generic. A question, real quick. Yeah. How old do you both think Captain Falcon is? 
There is okay. I know this. There's got to be a, a literal answer. Uh, twenty-seven. Eighteen? No, uh, it's, it's younger than you think. It's younger. According than you think. to his pilot is he 35? profile, if I remember his pilot profile correctly, he's thirty-seven years old. Whoa! Yeah. it's older than I, I think. I had heard that. that at some point, but he doesn't. Samurai Goro like that is much, forty-five. But... Samurai Goro. Is what? <laughs> Pico That's is one hundred and twenty-four years old. Pico. <laughs> I like this. I like that it's not like anime. I'm 14. Yeah, they're like seasoned adult <laughs> racers. It's pretty funny. He needed time to make his quads be shaped in a way that a real person's wouldn't be able to be that muscular in mm-hmm. in those in like the just the lower half of his quads are shaped like that in the cutscenes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I I wanted to talk. Did either of you mess around at all with the customization uh, modes in the game? Yeah, I, I changed I, I, my I color once. No. Mm-hmm. Anybody? Oh make my a god! Custom, is there a Kingdom Hearts gummy ship or anything? Oh my god! Yes, Justin. I also Why is there gummy so much of this game in this game? <laughs> I I just think in relation to that conversation we were having about like the identity of the racer and the identity of the vehicle in the by default in the story mode the vehicle is kind of like the character in some ways like Mm -hmm. if you don't look at any of the pilot profile stuff you just Mm -hmm. know like i'm a wolf man who's driving this like wild machine and the machine is like the thing that you see um but the game affords you the option to make a a vehicle that you can make look however you want you can put an emblem on it which is fun and then you pick the racer that's associated with the like you have to pick a racer who's tied to the mm. vehicle that you've made um and so there is something in there of like you can role play particular racers to have a certain vibe or to fit with a certain vehicle or to identify yourself with or whatever um detached from the mechanics which you know maybe remove some of their mechanical identity but opens up the possibility for you to like define who they are as you see fit and you could put you know the cyborg guy into like a a bright pink tank which is what i did and i put a big smiley face (laughs) on the front of it (laughs) and and that's just you know how that guy works in in my world as opposed to like um you know, well, in new Mario Karts, they've, I think, done away with this a little bit. But in, like, Mario Kart Double Dash, there, for example, there's a system of, like, uh, because that game, the characters are coming from other games, right? And so they have, like, pre-existing identities or feelings of rules that are associated with them. So Luigi those characters have... Fire, yeah. Right. So those characters have, like, they can only fit in certain size vehicles like you can't choose a vehicle that's smaller than them or or things like that um which is which is interesting to compare well john hasn't played kingdom hearts so he doesn't know what the gummy ship is what's the gummy ship there are you travel between go ahead justin may uh we're Maybe it's gonna be more fun when we eventually play Kingdom Hearts if we ha- if Majan knows as little as possible. Sorry, you, you can make I, custom I vehicles just in that game. Ship. I just looked up all the plot spoilers for all <laughs> Kingdom Hearts games. I know what happens in three. I'll murder you, Majan. I'll do a kill. <laughs> I have not you. finished three. I have not uh, finished three. I'm excited it's a, to get back it's to it. A wi- 
to give you as little as possible, it's a way you go between the worlds in the games. It's like a you mm-hmm. customize a ship it, and you do it, an action it. shooter game like Star Fox. And you make it in like 3D and there's a, there's a lot of detail on how you it's can really make the exact design you want. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. It's just Got fun. It. Unless you want to make your cool shape. Got yeah, it. that's it. So making ships in F-Zero totally felt like that where I was like, great, now uh, in solo GP mode, I can drive my ship. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. But again, if I was like 10... I would be like, hell yeah, I'm going to make the coolest ship and like take a picture and send it, show it right, to my friends awesome. at lunch. And it's like a meaningful system, too, because you buy different pieces that have stats and yeah. you end up like the bright pig tank that I made handled terribly. It's a horrible <laughs> car. Could not turn like for shit. It's <laughs> awesome. It's like world records in the tracks, and they probably had to like grind out the customized pieces in order to make the exact right car for each track. Yeah. Mm. This game is adapted from the Super Monkey Ball engine, and the amount of control over the world you have in that, just by tilting the analog stick a little bit, feels like the amount of control you have in this game uh, wow. by tilting the analog stick a little bit. Um, I never thought about that. They totally have a similar vibe feel almost. <laughs> yeah. The game that I kept thinking of playing this game was Sonic Riders. So, oh more. god, Ooh. Sonic Riders <laughs> is definitely inspired by this. Stuff. It's the other yeah, way around. No, yeah, yeah. Sonic Riders was especially car- carrying the torch of uh, of F Zero for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sonic Riders could be a good, uh, like deep game. I don't know if it is, but it could be, and I want more of that game. When I was in middle school, it felt like it. I don't think it would still feel like that, but. <laughs> The hardware experience of playing this game. Yeah, let's go there already. So, uh, my roommate did have a physical copy of this game. I was able to play it without like. Whoa. Let me look up how the heck expensive this game is now. If I just go on like eBay, I tried to buy it on eBay. It was a lot of money. I lost the the auction that I was. Oh my gosh. Um, anyway, I started it, um, the save file was too large for my memory card, card. and I didn't want to delete my precious memories, so I was like, okay, I'll play the first hour and then I'll restart it again, so that was the first time I restarted the game. Then I got two different memory cards and played through a little bit more, finally got to a point, got to the second, uh cutscene second story mission and it mm. kept crashing when it got in the cutscene i think there was like a little scratch somewhere on the on the disc so i could not uh. play it on disc anymore and i had to go and play it on the computer and restart it again and just like that process also delayed me and like i waited like a couple weeks each time and that's part of why it's i've only played like last week uh in the actual playthrough and i this game is really good and i don't understand why like the laws set up where we can't play this game <laughs> and why Nintendo doesn't sell it anymore. And they, you can, you can play the N64 game. That's not as well liked right now. Okay. Yeah. And you can play the SNES game also. The game is like really built around the uh, GameCube controller. I noticed, um, mm-hmm. like playing on a GameCube controller, uh, I mentioned this before, but it's really well designed. There's a big green button in the center of the, area buttons you're like this is the important button and in this game it's the it's the button that makes you go forward so it's very important to hold and you can press the uh y and x buttons for boosting or for attacking to the side while while still holding down on the a accelerate button 
And when I tried to play it on a computer on a PlayStation controller, I could only place one of those two buttons at the time. So part of me, like, grinding the, the level over and over until I could try until I could eventually beat it, and I didn't, I used the, like, claw grip where I was pressing those two buttons with my index finger while holding yeah. on in front yeah. of the controller. Uh, and, I mean, the real answer would be, like... The A button is probably not the best button for accelerate on this controller. <laughs> um, and I don't think any Nintendo game, to my knowledge, no like first line Nintendo game made that realization until Splatoon. And like the story is maybe like what I've heard, it was actual like a new generation of Nintendo players who didn't grow up like without Nintendo, but like also played like console shooters. So knew that you should put the fire button on the shoulder. And that's mm-hmm. why that's those are like the primary buttons in Splatoon. But yeah, I had a similar experience. So I played, I mean, you know, for legal purposes, I will pretend that I own this game physically. <laughs> I just can't find the dang thing. Gosh. So anyway, I emulated it. <laughs> I mailed it to um, you and you, you, you dumped huh? it from that. I oh, mailed to you, to you my roommate's copy. Oh, right. That's back. right. Yeah. You also yeah, mailed it have... to me, which was wild. There was a lot of mailing. Yeah, yeah we, we all, it's it's the sisterhood of the traveling F-Zero. We all have shared custody <laughs> of this game. Uh, <laughs> But uh, so I I emulated it on the Steam Deck, which I'll just say setting up Dolphin or well, it's legal to have an emulator. Setting up Dolphin on uh, the Steam Deck was kind of an obtuse process. But now that it's there, it's great. It uh, feels very good to have it. It's really easy to just load it up and click a game and hit play Mm -hmm. if I were to have games on that emulator. so, and it's like easier to get myself to boot up F-Zero GX on the Steam Deck than like anything in my Steam library. So this is the game that I've played <laughs> the most on the Steam Deck. Um, but I, I had a very similar experience uh, with regard to the control scheme where it was clear that like the, the controller layout was set up for the GameCube controller. And mm-hmm. I also had to do the claw grip thing to hit the boost button. Uh, oh, so you the game, didn't use... I didn't you could have well. put the, the boost button on one of the four additional buttons on the back of the Steam Deck if you wanted. Right. If I was smart, I would do that. Uh, but I didn't want to figure out how to do that. Uh, but yeah, I could conceivably in Dolphin remap buttons, I guess, and then make that make a more intuitive controller layout. But I didn't think to do that. Um, but without the point is without doing that, it, it the game controls don't port a hundred percent well. Um, I could have done because, that also. We, <laughs> yeah, I just really, yeah. <laughs> um, but it it ran well on uh, emulation, and it looked good. I honestly got a little motion sick from the game because it was so fast, running at sixty fps, like very crisp. I, you know, it was like almost a little too much, uh, but it mm-hmm. was a fun, fun thing to play handheld. People, I, uh, I hear that this, oh, sorry, go for it. Mine's less interesting. I just played it on uh, Dolphin on PC with a gaming controller hooked up, and it was a wonderful experience. It ran great. I had no <laughs> issues. I, John reminded me there was a four, there was a third time I had to restart the game where I had some of the correct Dolphin files, but I was missing additional files that Dolphin needed to run correctly. So mm-hmm. I started the game, and when I finally got to a race, the track was invisible and my car wasn't there. And nah. I was like, why? <laughs> what? How can I play this game? 
So I'm <laughs> Which could glad I got to play as much as that I did. Mission. <laughs> and I've also heard that this game was like one of the harder ones to emulate on Dolphins, so I'm glad people found put in the work and figured out uh I'm glad people were more interested in me in hardware and figured out how to emulate the GameCube and I was able to access access the game after it broke on my physical version. Mm-hmm. And if all physical versions like the one are like as old as the one I have and they're all starting to break, like the game's gonna stop existing. Yeah. Yeah. Physical copies <laughs> stop existing, which is sad. Um, um I had a, I had a note about that, but also um I had another quick like gameplay thing just that I thought was funny. Um yeah. are either you familiar with the I'm guessing the answer is no, but the Gundam meme where it's like I'm a genius, and then like the next frame of it is oh. going, oh no. Yeah, I, I I don't know what it is in context, but I've seen that. Yeah, it's from Gundam G Reco. I just sent it to both of you, so you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you could fix this and make this an FCR <laughs> meme simply by A, replacing their face with Captain Falcon, and two, making the first one say lap one, and the second one say <laughs> lap Because <laughs> every first lap, I'm like, this is so good. I like this game is perfect. I'm learning all the corners. Yeah. And then I'm on like my last boost, and everybody has boosted way past me. And I'm in 18th, and I'm like, no, I hate right. this game. Right. That's you don't even need to replace this face with Captain Falcons. You can just cover some of it up, and it, it, Captain Falcon always wears a mask, except when he wears another mask on top of his mask. Except at the end of the game, where he takes the mask off and you don't see it, like he's fucking Master Chief. That's stupid. <laughs> it's 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 Boz Lerman's Elvis. Uh, Tom Hanks going, he's white. <laughs> that was so That's a Justin joke right there, folks. That's what you pay <laughs> for. Sheesh. Mm. Um. I was just going to talk about part of the re- like the question when you play an FCR game. It's like, wow, this is so cool. Why don't they make these anymore? And I think we can talk about that if you all want because there's yeah. a couple things, right? Number one, of course, this game is like really weird and specific and not appealing to children, which is a big thing that yeah. Nintendo is trying to focus on these days. Like, like if I was 10, yeah, I would like hyper fixate on the story and I would learn to get good at it. But like it's so hard, uh-huh. you know? Uh-huh. So I don't know who that appeals to. There are like indie games doing this like really hard high speed racer thing, but yeah, N- Nintendo doesn't make hard games like this in this style anymore without <laughs> having a lot of reward systems. Uh, number two, the history of the development company for this is really weird uh, because GX was technically developed by Amusement Vision. Uh-huh. Uh, do you guys know what Amusement Vision went on to do? No. So I've heard it. I forgot. FCR GX is a game where there's gameplay and then there's story, and it sometimes feels like they just wanted to make a really cool story. Fortnite? And, yeah, actually, no. It's <laughs> 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 big games. That's why Goku's in it. Um, Amusement Visions got like uh, absorbed by new entities. Oh, my God. I just Googled it. Right. Right. They, they aren't, the people who worked on FCR GX are now the Yakuza developers who are trapped wow. in the mines forever to work on the Yakuza games for the rest of their lives. They ever make now. The Like a Dragon games, it's not Yakuza anymore as of a couple days ago. Correct. As of like a couple weeks ago, they're only called Like a Dragon now, um, which is what Yakuza is called in Japanese, anyways. Ryugagatoku. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, they did Binary Domain in 2012. That was the first game as the Yakuza like company. And it's it's the new, it's like the newest Yakuza devs. The Yakuza series has been like handed off between a lot of people, but mm-hmm. technically, yes, there is DNA between F Zero GX and the Yakuza franchise. Which I just that find makes fascinating. so much sense to me. I, I haven't played any Yakuza games, but is that why Yakuza games are like that? Yes. 
they are so weird and they get progressively weirder and more dramatic and absurd and like the gameplay can be kind of tough but also fair and uh and they're like mechanically interesting so yeah they it totally tracks but yeah the original developers there's no way that they would those people would go back so a different company would have to work or in within nintendo at this point to make a new f-zero would you guys want to see one i guess is my question yes <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, although sure. I understand only, why they wouldn't make the decision. My only worry is oh, like, it would be bad. Every, yeah, is every Nintendo attempt at making like a sports game or like a game based on a sport uh, is like weirdly sterile and boring to me after a month. Uh-huh. Like every Switch Mario mm. sports game has been like, wow, this is really cool. I like this. I think I like this. Oh wait, I actually this is so boring. You know, this right. is like really sterile. Yeah. And they want me to buy tracks. Mm-hmm. And I worry if they did F-Zero now that they would just make it one of those and like oh, keep gosh. F-Zero weird. I want it to be really weird. I th- Okay, I think the Mario Sports thing is like a couple of, of game design trends with Nintendo and one of them is good of like, what I say with Splatoon, of like actually taking ideas from other studios more and and doing like modern-y, modern-ish games and mm-hmm. they're trying mm-hmm. to do that with Mario Sports and like making something that's like designed with like progression in mind. But the, but I think it's really running into like the Switch overall aesthetic of kind of playing it safe and like the UI is just this like simple white fonts everywhere and that's co- sort of translating into like courses being just the simple version of the concept and it's cool that characters like competitively different in Mario Tennis and like the length of Mario of Waluigi's limbs really matters is really helpful. Uh, and that they have gamer gamers like doing balance for that, but they are missing out a little bit and and making decisions like making all of their special moves kind of work the same it's just like a powered up move um and they're trying uh doing a system that's deep enough and has like competitive to be like competitive like i am thinking about what you're thinking and we have like levels of yomi and reading each other in that way but not like with weird enough and rough enough edges that really get people interested in a series and not willing to do that at the current point. Uh, and I, I do think if they made another F-Zero, they would have a different... It wouldn't be like a main Nintendo studio. They would do something like this where they have a different company make it. But yeah, if they did it like this year, they would probably put too many guidelines and like the user interface would probably have like simple fonts. Uh, I... But I, I think at this point, F-Zero is so niche that in terms of like who's asking for it, that I don't mm-hmm. think they would make it with like a mass market in mind. Mm-hmm. You know, they would kind of, you know, toss it to I think they would do a sort of uh, what's that game where the guy has the sword? No More Zelda. Heroes. Zelda. Oh. <laughs> no More Heroes. No more heroes. Where, like, there's there's room in Nintendo's range of stuff to say we've got this game that is for like teens or something, mm. and it's kind of doing its own thing, and it's still our game. And I feel like if they brought F Zero back, it would look something like that, mm-hmm. where maybe they would end up uh, trying to do a thing like with No More Heroes, where the aesthetic is. Uh, kind of like too produced of a underground aesthetic. Like No More Heroes doesn't really feel totally authentically uh, cell shaded. Whatever it's doing, and it, oh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't. 
Yeah. Mm. Um, and so we might get an F zero that like looks a little too clean, but I don't think it would look like a Mario game. You know, I think it I would hope. have a different, a different vibe. I also do think if they make this game a lot easier by just making the, so here's one thing I noticed is that the AIs aren't bad. There's a couple. So there's like three different ways. There's at least three different ways for the AIs to be bad. One is like the way that I am bad when I am starting F zero is I keep crashing into the walls and like I, you lose traction on my future car and don't realize that my car is because I lost traction and I keep turning, it's able to turn while still moving forward uh, because yeah. it's a hover car and I just go into the wall over and over. There's no AIs that do that. Um, yeah. They aren't making those mistakes. Um, they also aren't bad in a way of like how Mario Kart NPCs are bad of like, they just do really inefficiently and go on all the outsides of all the turns and uh, like run, go slow for no reason or are like artificially made slower than they could be. Uh, they're just kind of a little bit less efficient at racing than they could be, I think. Uh, so if they if they were to make it more more of like Mario Kart level AI of they just kind of make bad decisions and even if they're like artificially like their max speed is ninety percent of yours, uh, they could have. There's ways to make this game easier in ways that let people start playing and figure out the rules. Uh, and I think. If you had the same story mode, but like three levels less difficulty, it would actually be a tutorial. Like the first level, you learn to um, aim at specific points because you have to pick up pods in a row and that like trains you to hit boost panels. The like second level trains you to start doing a race, and then the third level like trains you with jumps, and like the fourth level does combat. Like if it's a lot easier, they have the they have the elements of the game that would make a game that kids more kids would play as like actual children so i think the ideas are there to make a game that could happen in the 2020s hey. i i want it i want i want more detail on the shadow falcon that gets pulled out of him i want you know maybe i just want an fc anime which exists but isn't <laughs> from what i remember as weird as this hmm. uh did either of you ever watch the nascar cartoon no, <laughs> the the NASCAR cartoon. Yeah, you know, NASCAR Sega and All Stars Racing Transform starring Danica Patrick. Yeah, that's not that's close enough. Uh, NASCAR Racers was an American cartoon um, done by Saban Entertainment based on the NASCAR franchise. It is an animated television series by Saban Entertainment that features two rival NASCAR racing teams, Team Fast X and Team Score. Excuse me. Well, it's there's, still, there's it's still also the Zero TV show. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That there was the cartoon. The F-Zero cartoon, oh, which okay. isn't as weird as GX, though. That's the problem. Yes, yes, yes. I want right. an anime that goes, like, full buck wild. Uh, I want a new game. I want them to just fucking lean into this franchise. And they won't. I, You know, a girl can dream. But <laughs> I mm-hmm. just I play GX, and I'm like, man, this is so interesting. What if they did way more? I like weird racing stories. I think they're fun. Yeah. That's all I got. <clears throat> Uh, do we? Oh, okay. dating sim with Samurai Goro. Samurai Goro dating sim. Sorry, please continue. Samurai Goro dating sim. Samurai Goro dating sim. Samurai Goro dating sim. If you say it a fourth time, he'll appear. Flip, flip, flip. Hey guys, what's no, going on? I'm gonna get that Falcon. I'm gonna get. <laughs> what's that. going on? 
I don't know how that song goes. Uh, where can we find you all on the internet? Is that what we do next, or do we? That's yeah, an incredible pivot. God dear. Uh, do you want me to go first since I'm the guest? Yeah. Uh, speaking of dating sims, where can we find you on the internet? <laughs> speaking of Butterfly Soup Two coming out this month. Yes, I'm excited. It's a it's a it's a, a, a dating sim of sorts. Anyways, uh, hi guys, I'm Alan. I am on a podcast with this kid Magellan every week called Chats the Television Podcast. Um, it's like a TV book club where we have fun and watch television shows that we've mostly never seen before, but sometimes have. Uh, we will have wrapped up the leftovers, I think, by the time this comes out, maybe, uh, or close to. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we're doing that. We're going to announce our next show. You can count. You can jump in on any season. <sighs> we have a ton of backlogged seasons. If you want to watch TV with us, and we have a Patreon, which is Patreon.com/slash/ChatsPod. That's where you can find me. I'm not on social media. That's this. That's for degenerates, honestly, and me. Uh, I am. I I am like not online anymore. I have a Twitter, but I don't really use it. But you could follow me. I like having a follower account. It's uh, at Newpad Bridges. I like it when Justin sends me a tweet and then I don't respond to it, and then it gets tweeted twenty four hours later, and then I like it. And he's like, "Oh, so you-, <laughs> you liked it when it was a tweet, but not when I DM'd it to you." Well, that's what that's I really note. want because then I get a number on like my public record saying someone liked one of my tweets. Your public yeah, just record. Like, like all my tweets. Yeah, no. I'm just gonna go through and like all the yeah, no pad bridges. On my permanent record. Your permanent record. Magellan, how about you? What podcast do you host? The same one as Alan, Chats <gasps> Television Podcast. You can find me there. Meowth, that's right. Meowth, that's right. Uh, what are what are we doing next month? For our next dive into the Nintendium Compendium, representing the uh game because it's not a series representing the game ice climber we'll be playing ice climber which is from 1984 or 5 depending on the arcade version uh or home but uh since that game is pretty short hopefully it's an arcade game maybe it'll take us a bunch of settings to do it we're gonna do it co-op um we're not sure if we're gonna have enough to overanalyze about that game so we're going to do a second game also uh, which might be a mistake because I because we are already slow on doing things. Um, Alan, don't spoil this game. Magellan doesn't know what happens in it. It is the thematically similar 2012 video game Journey by oh that game company. Oh my god, <laughs> you goopers! I started a podcast just so I could do things like, what if we played Ice Climber and Journey and compared them? That's I'm clever. Such a good combo. Holy! But god. I am clever. Uh, I'm dad. Until next time, good night and good games.